0: Quick footnotes in reference to last week's study from Exodus chapter 34 and as of this morning we are covering the last six chapters would you believe this would be month number 24, week number 109 and on average we are accumulating 56 minutes each broadcast last week we looked at Moses and the veil and after a period of time the veil lost its shine lost its glean and every Christian needs to be careful they don't lose their first love. Mm. Once you lose your first love it's almost impossible to get it back. But it's like this, Jonah would spend three days and three nights in the whale's belly, Jesus would spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah was resurrected and would look different, Jesus was resurrected and also looked different. Both would receive a baptism of fire, and both would win many Gentiles to the Lord. And I say that because if you think about what we've been looking at over the past two years, when the priest would sacrifice the animal, he would have to burn it, barbecue it, uh, using one of today's words, before he would eat it. And many Christians have struggled over the years to explain why Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, went through what the animal went through but wasn't physically burnt well he wasn't physically burnt but he went into the ground for three days and three nights his body of course remained in the tomb his spirit went back to his father his soul would also go into the lower parts of the earth while his body was in the tomb and after three days Almighty God resurrected him so there is a baptism of fire loosely connected with the Lord Jesus Christ he wasn't burnt In a physical sense. But his appearance changed. Jonah's appearance changed. The Ninevites saw a physical change. In Jonah's appearance. And the apostles would also see a physical change. In Jesus' appearance. So a loose connection. Concerning the veil. Concerning Moses. But from Exodus 25. The Jews have been told to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle Is clearly a picture of Christ's flesh. And also a picture of the universe. And I'll discuss that more this morning. So 25. Build it. Do it for the glory of the Lord. And now chapter 35. They're going to put it into place. Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. Look at verse 1 please. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together. And said unto them. These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that ye should do them. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my words. Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together, as a shepherd gathers his flock, and said unto them, These are the words, inspiration. These are the words, these are the words, which the Lord hath commanded, that ye should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day, There shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath or rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. You won't find a seventh day Adventist anywhere on the face of the earth today that believes that verse. And yet they still practice Saturday observance. Six days, six days shall work be done. But on the seventh day, so Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, uh, sundown, There shall be to you an holy day, mark it out, observe it, rest up, a Sabbath, a rest to the Lord. For today, we would say the Lord's day, in a loose sort of a way, replaces the Sabbath, but not quite. You have liberty to work on the Lord's day, Romans 14, but there was no liberty to work on the Sabbath way back in the Old Testament. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Week before last, I was sent a video to watch about a Jewish community, I think 2,000 of them, in a country in the Far East. It was interesting to watch, only a short video, and basically it was a mother with two sons. One was, I think, 9 or 10 or thereabouts. Very religious, went to synagogue regularly, uh, was learning Hebrew, and was very much part of the synagogue, the Jewish community in this particular country. Didn't cut his hair, was very religious, very orthodox, And she had another son who was 17, 18, or thereabouts, who was in the National Service, military. And he had to cut his hair, obviously. And I thought, isn't it interesting? On the one hand, she is commending her younger son for not cutting his hair, like a Nazarite vow. And yet, on the other hand, her older son is not only uh, working, serving in the military, in this country, or in that country, I should say it's compulsory. But he's also cutting his hair which would be in violation of a Nazarite vow. A compromise has taken place. This woman is a millionaire and her kitchen is the size of my property. And people even comment saying, look at the wealth this woman's got. (laughs) Always jealousy when it comes to the Jews. If it was a Muslim or a papist, people wouldn't be so quick to critique, criticize the Jew. But the point is this. She keeps a Sabbath every Friday sundown to Saturday sundown very religious both of her sons have gone through the system the husband wasn't mentioned but was no doubt somewhere in the equation go back to verse 1 and Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together this isn't a secret affair this is a public gathering and said unto them these are the words which the Lord hath commanded not my words the Lord's words going back to how God wrote the 10 commandments on the tablets of stone Moses may have been the instrument indirectly, but directly it was the Lord. That ye should do them. Now for for the here and now, we live and walk by faith. But of course we are saved unto good works. Ephesians 2, James chapter 2. And James chapter 2 causes a lot of confusion amongst many Christians. If the truth were known, most Christians are really Catholic when it comes to their understanding of the Atonement, the Gospel. And that's one of the reasons why if you critique the Catholic Church, you get a lot of pushback. Because people feel you are attacking them. Because most Christians believe they can lose their salvation, like the Catholic Church teach and preach. So when you critique Rome, and you kick against their faith and work system, they feel you are kicking against them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you and holy day, a Sabbath, of rest to the Lord. Not just for yourself, not just for your family. Not just for your animals, but for the Lord. To meditate on him, to worship him, to give him thanks and praise. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Now like I say for today, this isn't found anywhere in the New Testament. If you work on a Sunday, the Lord isn't going to strike you down. But for the Old Testament, if you worked on a Sabbath, you were put to death. And so as I watched this video, uh, I think it was this time last week or after the service last Sunday, I thought it was kind of sad really. Such a decent family, uh, reading parts of the Old Testaments. They call that Rabbinical Judaism, incidentally, not Biblical Judaism. And uh, the young boy was uh, speaking in Hebrew, the language of the book, obviously. But it won't save them. It cannot save them. And it was sad to watch this Jewish family, religious, orthodox, trying to be separated from the world system and yet never witness to the Gentiles. Have you noticed that? A lot of Jews that I've met over the years are very upright, clean, uh, at least outwardly, but never share the truth about Jehovah with you. They keep it to themselves, you see. You shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. And this lady said, I do just that. I don't light a match. I don't start the car engine. I'm very careful around the kitchen. But again, and I've said this many times over the years, that may all be well and proper, but I guarantee that some of these Wealthy Jewish people who keep the Sabbath, I guarantee you they have bank accounts and their bank accounts are generating interest Mm. seven days a week. (laughs) I don't believe for one moment they are even able to deactivate your account. Is it even possible to close your account for 24 hours? I don't think it is. You may not be physically working with your hands during the Sabbath. You may lock yourself away and keep the uh, Shabbat, as they call it. But someone somewhere is generating something for you year before last, we went down to London, did some outreach, very successful outreach. We stayed at a Jewish hotel, or bed and breakfast to be more precise. Nice place, good part of London. Uh, Rates were average. And they got around the Sabbath by doing this. They hired a Gentile. And the Gentile was paid to work on the Sabbath. Of course, you can't do that. And that synagogue, excuse me, that uh, B&B, breached the Sabbath. Mm. Now, the Jews weren't working on the Sabbath. The Jews were at home observing the Shabbat but they were paying a Gentile to run the show for them. Money was going through the tills, credit card payments were being made as a violation of the Sabbath. So verses one, two and three, as far as today is concerned, if you were to attempt to keep verses one, two and three, you could not, you may attempt to, you may try to, but it won't happen, it cannot happen because the Lord has made it possible for any Jew today who wants to be saved to turn to the one who kept the Sabbath in word, thought and deed. Look at verse 4. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is a thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord. Gold and silver and brass, a willing heart. One more time. And Moses spake Unto all of the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is a thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, like an animal. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Keep your hand there and go to Revelation 22. I am convinced that most Christians don't really understand grace. Most Christians couldn't explain the atonement in 20 words. If you were to say to an average uh, an average Christian, could you write an essay on grace, a dissertation on what it means to be saved through faith in Christ alone? They couldn't do it. They would really struggle. It's like this, if I said to you that you are saved by repentance, which is what most uh, churches teach, I'd be going against the atonement. If I said to you, you are saved by saying a prayer, I'm going against the atonement. If you could be saved by repenting If you could be saved uh, by saying a prayer, why would Christ have to come and die for you? Revelation 22, Revelation 22, look at verse 17. And the spirits and the bride say, come, come. Spirits and the bride say, come. Holy Ghost, body of Christ, bride of Christ. And the spirits and the bride say, come. This is also post the thousand year reign, incidentally. But we can read it and put it back into the church age. And the spirits and the bride say, come. Come, 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 come. And let him that heareth say, come. Let those that hear it say, come. They want you to also invite someone else to come to the Lord. Don't keep this to yourself. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So it's like this. 18 years ago, I went into the recording studio for the last time and I made an album called The Sound of Music. And I produced it myself, I paid the orchestra, I paid the studio, I paid for rehearsal time. I had CDs produced, I paid for that myself, I paid for the artwork, I designed it myself. I did it all myself. Now imagine if I said this to you. Here's a copy of my CD. And you said to me, this is a wonderful CD, James. Nicely produced, nicely laid out. Yes, some of the songs I know very well. Can I give you some money to cover the costs? No way. I paid it myself. I paid it all myself. Well, can I help you with the packing? No, I packed it myself. Well, can I help you with the posting out or with the layout? Can I help you with the post production work? No, I've done it all myself. And after going back and forth with such a person, well, can I give you five pounds towards it to cover your costs? No, don't offend me. I paid for it, I produced it, I'm now giving it out as a free gift. And you keep pushing it on me. Here's five pounds, here's ten pounds, here's five dollars, here's five euros, you're now offending me. I don't appreciate that. And that's what people do when it comes to salvation. Can I pay something back? This Jewish lady in the Far East, very religious, has ignored the New Testament, has ignored the New Covenant, has ignored Jeremiah 31 and 33, doesn't know about Hebrews chapter 8, and she's trying to pay. She's trying to redeem herself. You can't do it. One more time. And the spirit and the bride say, come... Come, come, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. This isn't rocket science. And whosoever will, Jew or Gentile, male or female, let him take the water of life freely. Go back to the book of Exodus. 35.5. Take you from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, willing heart, There's no such thing, incidentally, as irresistible grace that is a philosophical statement from a philosopher called John Calvin. Philosophy means lover of wisdom. Two words when it comes to philosophy, lover and wisdom, lover of wisdom, vain philosophy. And you think of uh, the Apostle Paul, twice he would condemn philosophy. Lover of wisdom, lover of knowledge, but it's man-made wisdom man-made knowledge, and a future project I will look at. Some of the most infamous philosophers, going back pre-Christ by five or six hundred years. Such men have ruined, ruined the world. Their philosophy is radical, I mean radical. You thought Karl Marx was a crazy guy. Two of his children starved to death because he wouldn't work, a third committed suicide. You thought Socrates was a decent sort of a guy, taught at college and universities around the world. Committed suicide, but not before sacrificing to a snake. Mm. And then what happened week before last in China? People were eating snakes in a dirty factory in Wuhan. They eat monkeys in China. They eat horses in China. They, they, they eat everything in China. Rats. Rats. Mm. And these animals are unclean, especially for the Old Testament, but even for today. Mm. And it's spreading like wildfire. But it's a wedding heart that he wants, 35.5. Let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. You can't surpass gold, obviously. And blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and sheet and wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet incense and onyx stones, onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. So hold it there. This is a breakdown concerning the tabernacle a physical building a physical uh, area of designation to worship the lord Uh, keep your hand there and go to hebrews chapter one so if you get a chance do a dissertation for yourself write a 20 word essay about grace what does it mean Uh, do you really understand it i don't think most people actually do that's what makes it even more sad When you try and speak to people about grace, what does it mean? Well, I think I can lose it, or I think I've got to work for it. A few days ago, I was speaking to a friend of the ministry who's working with some Muslim women. Hebrews chapter 1, please. Hebrews chapter 1. Very religious uh, Muslim women. They get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. They pray at 5 o'clock in the morning. They pray five times a day. They are very careful what they eat. They don't drink. They don't smoke. They don't do drugs. They don't have sex out of marriage. They don't watch television. They don't gossip, they aren't critical, they are almost almost uh, spotless, almost sinless. Decent women, one of these ladies works seven days a week. And I was, as I was hearing about their uh, religious uh, activity, conduct, I thought of Cornelius from Acts chapter 10. It said he was a good man, he prayed every day, he fasted. It said he loved the Jews, it said he built them a synagogue. And they said to Simon Peter, he's a wonderful man, he's a convert, he's a Roman officer a centurion, he's got what 100 men under his authority and he's praying every day on his knees he's putting us to shame and uh, we need you to come and speak to him and of course the Lord said to Simon go and speak to Cornelius and these Islamic women praying five times a day very careful what they eat very careful how they dress don't drink don't smoke don't do drugs don't have sex out of marriage are very careful how they come across you couldn't really find fault in them And Cornelius, similar sort of a guy, he's converted from paganism, he's now a Jew, praying on his knees throughout the day, two or three times a day, every day, puts many of us to shame, doesn't he? But he wasn't saved. And these these, uh, Islamic women aren't saved. And this is what a lot of churches don't want to talk about. A lot of religions don't want to discuss this. How can it be possible that these good, godly Islamic women and this good, godly Jewish proselyte, praying every day, fasting... Putting most of us to shame, aren't saved because they haven't received what Christ has done for them. Whosoever will, let them come and take of the water of life freely. Take my CD; it's a gift. Don't give me money for it. Don't try and buy it. Don't try and uh, offend me. It says how Christ was reconciling the world unto Himself. It says how God was in Christ, Father and Son, reconciling the world unto Himself, like bringing two parties together. We beseech you in Christ's stead, be reconciled. To him. It's been done for all of us. What's the problem? Pride. Pride. Muslims don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe he is God Almighty. Jews don't believe he is the Son of God. They don't believe he is God Almighty. And Catholics don't believe he's paid for all of our sins, all of their sins, all of the world's sins. You've got three major religious powers, and if you add up all their followers together, it's over half of the earth on the way to hell. Yeah. Because of pride. They will not receive what a Jewish carpenter did for them. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Look at verse 10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thine hands. No evolution. They shall perish, second law of thermodynamics, but thou remainest. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they all shall wax old as doth a garment. A clothing. Your clothes wear out. Nobody has clothes which last indefinitely. And this world of ours is one day going to burn out. And as a vesture shalt thou, fold them up. And they shall be changed. But thou art the same. And thy years shall not fail. So the earth is breaking down. Second law of thermodynamics. And yet if you speak to... Uh, scientists or Darwinists, they say basically that the universe uh, has uh, has, uh, always been here, but it came together by pure chance. The Greek philosophers pre-Christ believed the universe was eternal and yet the first and second law of thermodynamics say that is impossible. Entropy, everything is breaking down, you get a car, it breaks down, you buy property, it breaks down we break down. An associate of ours, I've just been told, is very ill an unsaved gentleman We've known him for 10 years, I guess, and I'll hear more about his health deterioration after the service. He's breaking down. He's breaking down. One day Patrick will break down. One day I will break down, but the Lord won't break down. Go to uh, chapter 10. Chapter 10. Now keep in mind the tabernacle was a physical uh, parts for the Jews back in the Old Testament. It was the Lord's home, and we discussed that many times over the last two years. A table to sit down, a light to. See what you are doing and food to eat. It's God's home. And of course, the Jew is the high priest. He is, uh, if you were waiting on the Lord. Uh, The Magi's partly picture that when they came the first time bringing gifts to the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, look at verse uh, 20. By a new and living way, I'm the way, the truth, and the life which He hath consecrated for us through the veil the veil, Moses wore a physical veil, Jesus Christ is a spiritual veil, that is to say his flesh, his flesh, Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, and that's a problem, I have no faith, I can't trust what took place 2,000 years ago, I read about it, so I appreciate it, but I can't put my faith in it, you better put your faith in it. Not far from where I live, there are two mosques, one nearer than the other. And every Friday, uh, as I'm on my travels, going from A to B, they are coming out of mosque or going into mosque. Mostly men, and they are sometimes running into their place of worship. And they come out sometimes, and occasionally I get a nod from them. But I know what they think, I know what they've been taught. They are being told to keep looking for the light, keep searching for nirvana keep searching for utopia keep searching for peace joy holiness but we've got it we've got it and here let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for his faith that promised 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water partly picturing one's baptism but ultimately picturing the spirit of god putting you into the body of christ First Corinthians twelve. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for as faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsakening not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching, second advent. Not concerning going to church on a regular basis. In fact a few days ago I heard a message I go to Hebrews chapter 6 by a famous uh, preacher who said this. If you don't go to church, you are not saved. Mm. That's a lie. That is a lie. Where two or three gather, Christ is present in the midst of such people. I know that as I stand on my feet this morning, I have company here. I have people listening all over the world. I have people listening on the east coast of America, west coast of America, Australasia, Europe, Britain, and who knows where else. And those people are getting up early. I can think of somebody who used to join us regularly and may still do from Nevada, west coast of America, eight hours behind us. It's probably, what, four, three o'clock in the morning, maybe four o'clock in the morning, as they are listening in right now live. Australasia, you're looking at, what, 7 p.m. And Australia, New Zealand, I think they are an hour ahead of most of what goes on or most of the countries that are around the China area. My time may be slightly out, but... When two or three gather, Christ is present in the midst of such people. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6. One of the reasons why people say that, incidentally, is to not only make Christians feel guilty, but to get Christians to tithe. Let's be quite honest. The more people that go to a church building and tithe, the more the pastor is able to survive. Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both short and steadfast, and which within into that within the veil. There it is again. Within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And I'll give you uh, one more. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1. In fact we just looked at Hebrews chapter 1. But I'll read it again. In fact hold it there. Go to chapter 9. And I'll go back to chapter 1. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews uh, chapter nine look at verse three and after the second veil the tabernacle the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold wherein was the golden pot that had manna and aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenants and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly like out of time go back to verse one hebrews chapter one again and i'll try and pull All these verses together look at verse 10 again and thou Lord in the beginning beginning of time he is eternal of course has laid the foundation of the earth six seven thousand years ago and the heavens three heavens are the works of thine hand you want to glorify him you want to worship him give him thanks and glory for creating the universe and allowing us to be a partaker of this they shall perish but thou remainest he has to be eternal if he's not eternal and all-powerful he isn't God and they all shall wax old as doth the garments. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up. Like a scroll he'll just roll it away. And they shall be changed. Second Peter chapter 3. But thou art the same. And thy years and thy years shall not fail. Go back to the book of Exodus. Exodus uh, 35. Look at verse 10. And every wise hearted among you shall come. And may all that the Lord hath commanded. The tabernacle, his tent, and his covering, his tatches and his boards, and his bars, his bars, his pillars, and his sockets. The ark and the staves thereof, with the mercy seat, and the veil of the covering. The table and his staves, and all his vessels, and the showbread. His, 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 his. It's all about him. The tabernacle was an object, but the tabernacle was a person. The table and the staves, and all his vessels, and the showbread, the candlestick also for the lights, and his furniture, his furniture, and his lamps, and the oil for the light, and the incense altar, and his staves, and the anointing oil, and the sweet incense, and the hanging for the door at the entering in of the tabernacle. Or keep your hand there, and go to second Timothy, furniture items, clothing. Like I say, the tabernacle is the Lord's home. It had items inside of it. Jesus Christ is the temple of the Lord. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, look at verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. That's not a very popular word, doctrine. We get criticised for producing messages which deal with doctrine. And maybe a week before last I was messaging a brother in America who put a few videos up and he was getting a lot of backlash. His channel was being flooded and he was, I won't say overwhelmed, but he was somewhat shocked at the amount of traffic going through his channel because he was criticising a superstar Christian. And he was pulling him up for his heresy and uh, he said to me, I don't understand it why these people are so quick to condemn me and I said well because you are preaching doctrine. People today aren't interested in doctrine they want gossip, they want drama, they want blood most people aren't going to listen to a message like this and follow along in their King James Bibles, most people want to watch a five or six minute video where somebody's being kicked on the street, slapped across the face having urine thrown in their face, dragged around the street they want some entertainments. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Furnished, furnished, covered, provided for. But look at verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. And yet Timothy didn't have the originals. I haven't got the originals, nor have you. But it says, from a child, he has known the Holy Scriptures, not the originals. And that's something else which separates us from other ministries. Most ministries don't believe that the King James is perfect. They say it's a decent, reliable translation, but they, but they won't go beyond that. And they are using modern Catholic Bibles. But it says here, from a child, he has known the Holy Scriptures. Not the originals. Copies are copies, but they are still referred to as the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. Unto salvation, you can be saved by believing what you read in the scriptures. Through faith, I like that, through faith, the just shall live by faith. Through faith which is in Christ Jesus, going back to Cornelius, had to hear the gospel in order to be saved. This Jewish lady with her two sons in the Far East needs to hear the gospel in order to be saved. And these Islamic women, there are three of them I think, and one is the eldest of the three, decent, upright, very good, professional, polite, so and so forth, but is lost, is lost, all going to perish. And these people need to humble themselves and come to the cross. Let me say this very briefly, that when it comes to hell, hell won't just be for murderers, rapists, paedophiles, adulterers, whoremongers, fornicators, sex perverts. It won't just be full of those people, liars, thieves, gossipers. It's going to be filled with religious people, praying five times a day, keeping the Shabbat, going to mass, In fact, I am convinced that most of those in hell are going to be from the religious world. It's terrifying. All scripture, given by inspiration of God, is given. Is given. It's like a free gift. Everlasting life has been given to us. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he gave. His only begotten son, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's been given. The atonement has been given. I had the CD produced myself, and I'm giving it to you as a gift. Scripture has been provided. Salvation has been provided. Profitable. For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, how to live right after you are saved, that the man of God, not the woman of God, that the man of God, the preacher may be perfect, like complete, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished, completely furnished, like covered, like wrapped with the Lord's clothing, if you will, unto all good works. Go back to the book of Exodus, uh, Exodus. Thirty five sixteen. The altar of burnt offering with his brass and grate, his staves, and all his vessels, the lava and his foot, the hangings of the court, his pillars and their sockets, and the hanging for the door of the court, the pins of the tabernacle, and the pins of the courts and their cords, the cloths of service to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron and the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. So again, we are sons of God. We receive his imputation through faith in him alone, but it is possible uh, that we could arrive at the judgment seat naked. Uh, a loss of life, loss of crowns and rewards, a terrifying thought. We could be saved 40, 45, 50 years, become barren, lose our first love, never repent of our coldness, lukewarmness. Revelation says how the Lord will spew you out of his mouth. And we arrive at the judgment seats. With nothing to wear, and what can we do? What can we say? Paul says how every mouth will be stopped, and all the world will become guilty. twenty. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service and for the holy garments. Keep your hand there and go to Second Corinthians. I'm almost out of time. Second Corinthians. I'll give you two from Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, eight. Second Corinthians, uh, eight. Look at verse one. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Underline that in your Bibles if you have a Bible to hand. They're deep poverty. Not just poverty, they're deep poverty. I believe there are more saved people in China than the UK and the US combined. One figure would suggest 80 million Mm. are saved in China out of 1.5 billion. Deep poverty, many of which are being held under house arrest, lockdown. Day before last, I think the figure was 56 million are uh, suffering in China due to this Uh, ...coronavirus... ...18 cities on lockdown... ...one British journalist said it's the equivalent ...of the entire UK... Mm. ...being shut down... Mm. ...abounded under the riches of their liberality... ...for to their power I bear record yea... ...and beyond their power... ...that they were willing of themselves... ...praying us with much entreaty... ...that we would receive the gift... ...and take upon us the fellowship... ...of the ministering to the saints... ...entreaty meaning urgency give you one more and I'll close, chapter 9, this will blow you away, 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, when it comes to giving, and in, uh, this will put you really on the spot, so if you are saved, man or woman, and you aren't particularly generous, you don't do much for the Lord or his people, this will convict you, I hope, 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, 2nd Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 7, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor his righteousness, remaineth forever. So if you want to give something, give it. God says you got it to give, and even if it hurts, give. He says whatever you are able to give, give. It says over in chapter 8 that they had uh, poverty, deep poverty, and yet they still gave. The church in the West is spoilt. The church in the West is a selfish representation of Jesus Christ. The church in the East is doing a far better job. There are Chinese Christians who are on their knees this morning praying for their governments. And yet in the West, how many of us pray for our governments on our knees? There are Christians in China who give to their communities to take care of others who are in desperate need. I was told of a story of a family from the Philippines, husband and wife, daughter, working in the Far East on low incomes. And I believe maybe 60% of their salary or salaries goes back to the Philippines to pay for the churches in great poverty, deep poverty. And those Christians in the Philippines are giving, no doubt, to others. Maybe 14, 15 years ago, I was supporting a church in the philippines and they wrote to me saying or the email me saying brother james please come to preach to us and i looked online and i thought are you near manila uh, manila manila, manila yeah. not manila like vanilla <laughs> and i thought are you near manila manila i'll get it right in a minute manila no they were miles away miles away it would be like a horse and a donkey ride going this way and that way it was just miles away And I had to say, I can't make it, uh, brother such and such. It'll take me probably three days to reach you. That's no exaggeration. Yes, I would fly to Manila. They have an airport there. And make the long two-day trip. I couldn't do it. So I had to give financially to uh, compensate for my lack of uh, ability to make it to the Philippines. So the whole point of these verses is to show you that the Old Testament saints gave to the tabernacle. And if you are saved, you should give to the Lord's testimony or to the Lord's temple to the Lord's people today I will explain more Lord willing next week. Exodus chapter 35 look at verse 20 please and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. So Moses was a one-off if you are fortunate to know somebody who loves the Lord takes a stand for the Lord is faithful to the Lord I don't mean perfect I don't mean sinless I don't mean impeccable but someone who is at least consistent you should mark such a person out and pray for such a person and they came everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing and they brought the lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments so the lord loves a cheerful giver and we looked at second corinthians last week uh, chapter eight and chapter nine and it speaks about those that were in deep poverty and even such people that were in deep poverty were still able to give to the Work of the Lord, just last night I was watching a documentary, 1929, long before World War II of course, Edward, the Prince of Wales, went up to Northumberland, and that's just past Newcastle if you care to know, and he was shocked with the amount of poverty, Mm. floored him, totally floored him, Stanley Baldwin, the Prime Minister of the day, wasn't particularly happy that Edward went up to Northumberland, spent three days up there. And a lot of people back in 29 were saved, a lot of religion, and they were very pleased that the prince went up and spent time with such poor people. And this goes back to the question, when does government step in? Does a government ever step in and deal with poverty? Uh, failure to deal with this, failure to deal with that. What is a good government? And I'll discuss that in a few more moments. 21 again, and they came, people of Israel, everyone whose heart stirred him up. The heart... On the one hand is no good, and yet on the other hand you are reading about a group of people that are not regenerates. And yet our Calvinist friends say that man has no free will. Before I was saved, you said to me, if you were to say to me that man doesn't have free will, I would be shocked, bemused. You have to learn such a thing in seminary. And every one whom his spirit made willing, the spirit of man, they brought to the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. And for all his service and for the holy garments. So tabernacle is obviously connected to the Lord. Temple is obviously connected to the Lord. Our bodies are clearly obviously directed to the Lord. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted. And brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Keep your hand there and go back to chapter 12. The Lord loves a cheerful giver just for the record there is no justification in scripture to tithe I get sick and tired of hearing Christian preachers who should know better on the one hand teaching grace correctly and praise the Lord for such and then turning around and saying you better tithe and if you don't tithe you are stealing from the Lord and all that nonsense if you can give you should give but don't feel that you have to give Exodus chapter 12 Exodus chapter 12. Look at verse 35. And the children of Israel. Did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians. Jewels of silver. And jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor. In the sight of the Egyptians. So that they lent unto them such things. As they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. You think of a child who was spoilt. A spoilt brat. And here they took what was. Indirectly, theirs, they'd worked 400 plus years for the Egyptians, worked day and night, go back to chapter 35, and now it's time to pay up basically. 22 again, and they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted. But again, there's no free will if you speak to Calvinists. Calvinists say that man is born in a a fallen state, which of course he is, and they call that total depravity, but there's no such thing. Or total inability but there's no such thing if you aren't saved yes you are just that lost dead without christ in the world but that doesn't mean you can't do or you can't uh, pick right from wrong you can't choose good or evil that is a flawed fallacy brought bracelets earrings rings tablets jewels of gold from chapter 12 and every man that offered offered an offering of gold unto the lord keep your hand there and go to Matthew chapter 2, so here's the context, you've got the Jews back in Exodus 12, leaving Egypt, they've been there for like I say 400 plus years, working day and night, and eventually the Lord steps in after many prayers, after many centuries, and frees his people, it's good to be free isn't it, and yet do we really know what it means to be free, Patrick quoted an old expression at the beginning of this live Sunday morning service, but are you really free? Do you know what freedom actually means? We may have broken free from Brussels day before last, but are we really free? What does freedom actually entail? I know that I'm free. I'm born again. The uh, the truth has set me free. But even after we are free, we can still put ourselves back into bondage if we are not careful. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Look at verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother And fell down and worshipped him. They worshipped him. They didn't worship Mary. They didn't worship Joseph. They didn't worship the Holy Family. There are two occasions, uh, Revelation 19, Acts chapter 10, when two apostles, Acts 10, it will be Simon Peter. Revelation 19, it will be John. When two apostles came into contact with people, for Acts 10, it would be Cornelius, and for Revelation 19, probably Daniel. Uh, Cornelius fell down the feet of Simon Peter, Acts chapter 10, and he was rebuked. Get this clear, people. God is a jealous God. We looked at that last week or the week before last. And when they were coming into the house, wise men, verse one, magi, travelled from far, and I mean far, and they arrive in Jerusalem, going around, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Jerusalem, just for the record, is the eternal city, not Rome. Rome is pagan. Rome is an abomination, Revelation 17, Revelation 18, Rome one day will be burnt to the ground. In fact, if you think of King Herod, he was an Edomite, and Edom is a term for Rome. 11 again, and when they were come into the house, magi, wise men, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, the focus is on the child, not the mother, or the focus is on Messiah, not mother. And fell down and worshipped him. You can never worship him enough, incidentally. I have no qualms saying that I worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray to him. I speak to him. I enjoy his company 24-7. You're told to pray and pray until you pray. You're told to never cease from praying. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Three types of gifts, very quickly. Priest, prophet and king. So the context from Exodus 12, one more time, would be the Jews are leaving Egypt and on their way out, they are taking what is rightfully theirs. By Exodus 35, they are using their gifts to give back to the Lord. And here you've got the Magi, Gentile, or the Magi Gentiles, wise men, Gentiles, travelling far and wide to visit the King of the Jews. Always be mindful of that. Gentiles coming from far to visit the King of the Jews, and they got gold, frankincense and myrrh twelve, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod type of the antichrist they departed into their own country another way one more, go to Psalm 72 one of the reasons why the Lord is going to rule and reign for a thousand years on the new earth is to show us what good government looks like Psalm 72 have you ever thought about this? do you ever think about what a good government looks like? 1929, like I say, Edward goes up to Northumberland, a very uh, dubious prince, a very uh, dangerous prince, and of course he would uh, abdicate with Mrs Simpson, and we've written about him uh, several years ago. Psalm 72, and after going up to Northumberland uh, for three days, was shocked at what he saw. Letters were sent back and forth from the palace to Downing Street. And I guess that was the beginning of the... Involvements or the greater involvements of the state concerning the affairs of the people. But one of the reasons why Christ is going to rule and reign for 1,000 years is to show us what good government looks like. Think about it this way. China, the most powerful country on the face of the earth, after America, of course. If she wanted to, could do almost anything. Who could stop her? Nobody really. And yet, day before yesterday, the Chinese Prime Minister was asking for help from Europe. He wants medical equipment. They've got the money, they'll buy it, they'll pay for it. Or look at the Middle East, for example. You've got two dozen Islamic countries, around 200 million people surrounding little old Israel. And if the Islamic countries wanted to, they could all chip in and alleviate the pain and suffering, quote-unquote, of the Palestinians. But of course, it's not their goal. They don't want to do that. So they want to keep the Palestinians down, keep them angry, so they are angry at the Jews. if you think of Northern Ireland, very briefly... Should be known as Ulster, not Northern Ireland. And you think of Northern Ireland, you think of Ulster, going back to the uh, late 1960s, right up until the late 1990s. It was beneficial for Sinn Fein, IRA, to keep their own people down. It was beneficial to keep the Catholics angry at the Protestants. Don't you know anything? There's reasons why people are the way that they are. How many times we criticise our own governments, and perhaps you criticise yours for the way that they govern? Psalm 72, uh, Psalm. 72 look at verse 7 in his days shall the righteous flourish one day but not yet an abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth thousand year reign. he shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust now here's a thought america if she wanted to could eradicate All the gangs in America, all of the drug imports into America could close down all of the porn barons. If she wanted to, she could eliminate about 95% of the evil that goes through America. But there's no will to do so, you see. There's no will. If you go back to the early 1970s, it was possible uh, that the British government could have crushed the IRA. But there was no will. There was no will. We've got China today. If she wanted to, she could crush drug dealers criminals uh, wicked people in general but even in China incredibly there's no will there's no will to put down evildoers Middle East if they wanted to they could all chip in and alleviate the pain and suffering of their Palestinian brethren but they don't want to there's no will it's beneficial for them and to them to keep the Palestinians down so they remain angry at Israel it puts more pressure on Israel go back to verse 7 in his days Shall so the righteous flourish? So one day God is going to show us what good government looks like? We haven't really seen it. I've been following politics for about 30 years. I've been a Christian for 18 years. And I think I know a bit about how this world works. But if you were to say to me, can you show me a good government? I'm not, I'm not sure that I could really do so. I mean, even in America, the most powerful country on the face of the earth, they've got a nationalist president at the moment. Even he isn't doing much. I mean, if he wanted to, he could send the armed forces in to parts of America, wipe out the drug barons, cripple the gangs, so on and so forth, but doesn't seem to want to do so. He could do so, yeah. but doesn't want to do so. China could do so. India, India, a massive country, if they wanted to, Russia, another huge country, if they wanted to, could put down evildoers, but they don't want to do so. There's no will to do so. But one day, one day God will show us what is good government. In his days shall the righteous flourish, an abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He should have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. This is in reference to the new earth, incidentally. And as of right now, the Jew is penned in. As of right now, the Jews in Israel are content, I suppose, uh, to accept their lot. They don't want to branch out any further and take all of Syria, all of Egypt. I was listening to a message a few nights ago concerning the Six Day War back in 1967. And the Jews initially went on the back foot, but they caught up. And they chased the Egyptians right back into Egypt. They chased the Syrians right back into Damascus. They were just a day or two away from Cairo, Damascus. And the UN stepped in and said, that's enough. You are the aggressor, back off. And the Americans stepped in and said to the Israelis, back off. And And the Israelis backed off and went back into Israel. But one day, one day... All of the Middle East will be given to the Jew. And if you are premillennial, you know this, of course. From the river unto the ends of the earth, they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him. I love that. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, Messiah. And his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. Matthew chapter 2, Exodus 35. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts yea all kings shall fall down before him and all nations all nations shall serve him go back to exodus 35 so one day you will see good governments one day there'll be no gangs running the show destroying people there'll be no bars pubs clubs opened there'll be no pornographers corrupting your children whatever is anti-scriptural whatever is anti-god will be eliminated If you backchat your parents in the thousand-year reign, you'll be put to death, basically. The Lord Jesus Christ is not going to put up with any of this stuff any longer. And yet, do we really want this? I mean, we talk about good government, strong government. Could you imagine the US Air Force bombing parts of America to eliminate gangs, cartels? Could you imagine the British government bombing Northern Ireland, Ulster, back in the 70s, 80s? Could you imagine the British Air Force bombing Dublin? That's what good government is. Eliminate wickedness, sin... Law and order and defence, could you imagine it? Could you imagine China cracking down on uh, drug traffic? Or Japan uh, cracking down on child pornography? I mean, really getting tough. It never happens, does it? No matter who you think about in the world today, or go back 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, even Stalin, who could question his authority, even Stalin didn't send in the secret police to round up all of the criminals, gangsters, because perhaps they were giving him a kickback. We don't know what goes on half of the time. But one day we will see a good government. So when I say good, I mean incredible. I mean strict. I mean if you question the Lord Jesus Christ, he will put you down. People will be, uh, people will be saved during the thousand year reign. And even saved people will die during the thousand year reign. And those saved people may die due to their sin. And those saved people will arrive at the, the, uh, the great white throne judgment not to be condemned obviously, but to receive their rewards. The New Testament speaks about a sin unto death. Exodus 35, Exodus 23 And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, and goats hair, and red skins of rams, and badgers skins, brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found sheet and wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple, and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. So the women are obviously using their hands to do the heavy lifting to some extent. And yet, allow me to say this, if you think about people today, if you think about famous tailors, Famous designers, famous architects, famous engineers, uh, famous creators. They are all men. All men. And yet here women who are wise-hearted, verse 25, meaning skillful, gifted, are spinning with their hands, used in a physical sense. The Lord is, is a wonderful Lord. Doesn't need us to do anything for him. And yet he allows us to be a part, and here back in the Old Testament, to build the tabernacle. New Testament, he allows us to pass out tracts, he allows us to speak to people, he allows us to connect with people, he allows us to bring people to him. He doesn't need us to do that, but he allows us to do so. All the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, twenty-five, and bought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. Fine linen, good clothing, lasts indefinitely, and all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. So the belief that man has no free will is foreign to scripture, has come from the minds of people like Augustine, a wicked, deplorable Catholic who said it was okay to murder non-Catholics. And yet Augustine is held up as a great man of God in apostate Protestant seminaries. Martin Luther would also pick up this nonsensical belief that man doesn't have a free will. And Martin Luther was a monk, A senior monk in Germany. It's been said he was papal material. Mm. He was highly thought of in Rome. Before he went over to Protestantism. And he regurgitated the nonsense from Augustine. John Calvin. The French philosopher. Always be mindful of philosophers. One of my future projects is to expose. Philosophy. Lover of wisdom. But what is the wisdom? It's man's wisdom. And the rulers brought Onyx stones. And stones to be set for the ephod. And for the breastplate, concerning the high priest, type of the high priest today, Jesus Christ. And spice, and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. Incense, if you think of the Tridentine Mass up until 1964, if you were a Roman Catholic anywhere in the world, and went to Mass on a regular basis, you would partake of the Tridentine Mass. And the Tridentine Mass was in Latin, and the priest would turn his back to the congregation and perform the sacrifice of the mass. And Catholics all over the world didn't know what the priest was saying because they didn't speak Latin. They may have had a missal to open and read along. But if you go back to the Dark Ages, most people couldn't even read or write in their own language. Let alone Latin. And the priest is standing up, sacrificing our Saviour. I mean, how do you feel about that, some of you ex-Catholics? Do you ever think about this? Some of you ex-Catholics who are ecumenical... Some of you ex-Catholics who think that we are too hard on the Church of Rome. And sometimes we get criticised for being hard on the Church of Rome. But just be mindful of this. We didn't put any anathema on anyone. Only one church on the face of the earth has put anathemas, curses, on ex-Catholics. And that of course is the Church of Rome, Council of Trent. If you were to try and find uh, something which was equivalent to incense for the day, we would say prayer. Acts chapter 10 when Cornelius was praying, it says how his prayer went up to heaven like a sweet savour. So for the old testament you got literal incense, an air purifier, if you will. But for the New Testament your prayers are spiritual purifiers. But for the day we have no temple, no literal building. We are the building of God. We are the people of God. We are the temple of God. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, a free will offering. This is something which Calvinists don't particularly like because here you've got Jews not necessarily saved doing what is right, doing what is proper. And yet Calvinists are led to believe that only the elect that have been regenerate can do what is right, what is proper. And yet here, children of Israel brought a willing offering, no coercion, unto the Lord. So again, the tabernacle is connected to the Lord. The temple is connected to the Lord. And as of right now, our bodies are connected to the Lord. Greater than Solomon, greater than the Sabbath, greater than the temple. Who do you think you are? We know your parents, we know your siblings. You are a blasphemer, round him up, interrogate him, slap him across the face, spit in his face, so on and so forth. Jealousy, envy. Whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. This is a wonderful text to speak about this morning concerning giving. And yet I'm afraid to say that sometimes people will abuse these passages. I was sent a video to watch two days ago. I haven't watched it all of it yet. I watched a bit of it. An American preacher. I know of him vaguely. I've seen some of his videos in the past. And I watched what was sent to me. And I clicked on the link. And the first two seconds was, please donate here. Hadn't even heard the message. Hadn't even seen the guy. And the first thing he wanted you to see was, please donate here. Please give here. That's a scourge of modern christianity and they all do it incidentally i spoken about this in the past and i named many names mostly american preachers but some non-american preachers you go onto their websites and you get page after page after page about such and such is into this and such and such is into that and such and such has written this book and that book and such and such works very closely with his wife daughter and son family affair you see and you scroll through these websites page after page after page and not one Message about how to be saved. Incredible isn't it? And on one website I went on to. About a year ago. red flashing light. Donate. Click here. I despise that kind of a thing. 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel. See. The Lord hath called by name. Bezalel. The son of Uri. The son of Hur. Of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Jesus. Judah in Jerusalem. And we spoke about this character before. And he hath filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, totally equipped, gifts of the Spirit, if you will. Not all called to do the same thing. We're not all all called to street preach. We're not all called to do verse-by-verse Bible studies. We're not all called to pray until we pray, incidentally. I think prayer is a gift sometimes. I know some people who can pray all day, all night, and I commend those people. That's not my calling. And in the cutting of stones. Go back to the earlier chapters. Moses got the tablets. God put the the Ten Commandments on the tablets. Moses in his fit of anger destroyed the tablets. Jesus in his moment of anger turned the tables. And Moses comes down from the mount. And the Lord says get back up there. Cut you a new pair of tablets. And I will write on the tablets the Ten Commandments. Showing that scripture can be repaired. Scripture can be uh, reiterated, repeated, reread. One of the reasons why chapter 35 is almost word for word to chapter 25. is because God wants you to read this book. Read it, read it, and read it. Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Picked out, selected, highlighted, something special. The apostle Paul was picked out, chosen, something special. I'm always fascinated by the Lord Jesus Christ. For three and a half years, he's got 12 guys around him. And the 70, that gives you, what, 70, uh, 82 men. And out of 82 men, not one of those gentlemen could do what Paul did. And for three and a half years, he's got 82 men, excluding the women, of course, who are following him, watching him, observing him. And he dies, goes back to heaven. And probably Peter thought, I'll be in the lead. I'll be the top dog. I will write most of the New Testaments. I will, I will be something remarkable. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. I'm going to call the Apostle Paul and I will fill him with the Spirit of God, 31. I'll give him wisdom. I'll give him understanding. I'll give him knowledge. And I'll give him all manner of workmanship. The Apostle Paul knew all about the mysteries of God. But the others didn't. To devise curious works, curious like artistic, something unusual. I guess if you went to your general practitioner and said to your GP, I don't feel particularly well. Your GP will say to you, what's the problem? And you will explain your problem to your GP. And if he or she is any good, they will listen to you and refer you to a specialist, a consultant. And the specialist, the consultants, will be able to give you a proper diagnostic, a diagnosis, work out what your problem is. To work in gold and in silver and in brass. You can't improve on that. Gold, silver and brass or gold, silver and bronze. They're the highest... Uh, commodities in the face of the earth, you can't go beyond gold, and in the cutting of stones to set them, in, and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work incredible. This guy has been gifted to do something remarkable. The Apostle Paul was gifted to do something remarkable. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and aholiab the son of Ahishamak, of the tribe of Dan, Dan, Judah, Judah, Jesus, Dan, Antichrist, Judah christ, dan antichrist you've got two guys who dominate this whole world you know that two guys who dominate this whole world you've got christ you've got antichrist and i've said this many times over the years that if all of the religions uh, could have one request it would be to get rid of jesus get rid of jesus christ they don't need him if they could get rid of jesus christ there would be peace overnight so they believe and what they really want is the antichrist Now, now they've got him indirectly but one day they will have him directly but it's fascinating isn't it You've got Bezalel, tribe of Judah, 30. You've got Aholiab, son of Ahishamach, 34. From the tribe of Dan, you've got Judas Iscariot, 34. You've got Jesus Christ, verse 30. Jesus Christ changes the whole world. Antichrist will change the whole world. It's incredible, isn't it? Two gentlemen, Jesus Christ, son of God, son of David, son of Adam, gold, frankincense and myrrh. You've got Judas Iscariot. Son of Satan, son of perdition, son of Adam. Two characters which completely changed the entire world. Any movie that you've ever watched, any novel that you've ever read, you've got the good guy, the bad guy, and the damsel in distress. The good guy pictures Jesus Christ. The bad guy pictures the devil. The woman in distress, the damsel in distress, pictures the church, of course. Nothing new, nothing new, nothing new, nothing new under the sun. 35 on our clothes. Them hath he filled with wisdom of heart. To work or manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman, and of the embroider in blue and in purple, in scarlet and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of them that devise cunning work. So these two gentlemen were good gentlemen, were doing something which was wonderful, productive. But in type, in type, you got something remarkable. In type, you got something tremendous. In type, you got somebody, a type of Christ, verse 13, somebody a type of Satan, 34, and yet back in the day, and here we are, what, 1400 BC, both working with our hands to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle, God's home, later to become the temple where all nations would go up to worship the Lord. And that temple one day will be rebuilt on the earth. And when it's rebuilt on the earth, you will know uh, that it's something remarkable. One more verse, which I forgot to give you last week. Go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27 Uh, you've got the tabernacle being a picture of Christ's flesh which we looked at the tabernacle is also a picture of the universe and in Matthew 27 uh, Matthew 27 you've got the physical temple which was ripped and torn picturing what would happen to Christ as he hung on the cross Matthew 27 Matthew 27 look at verse 50 Jesus When he had cried again with a loud voice. Yielded up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. And behold the veil of the temple was rent in twain. From the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the resurrection. Power in the ascension. And came out of the graves after his resurrection. And went into the holy city. And appeared unto many. To the tabernacle is retired the temple is built the temple is burnt to the ground the temple is rebuilt the temple is burnt to the ground Is history repeating itself again and again and again for the old testament the tabernacle pictures the lord jesus christ he physically died on the cross and here the temple is physically being ripped into due to the author the creator of all things wanting to make a new covenant the old covenant was cancelled out completed finished to allow the initiation of the birth of a new testament you can't really go beyond that it's remarkable but again veil of the temple was rent in twain ripped in two from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake you got an earthquake and the rocks rent ripped tore apart the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints saved people which slept arose picture the rapture of course. Came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city. Moses and Elijah will go into the holy city, and appeared unto many, they were preached to many. Many will listen to these two resurrected Old Testament saints, believe what they preach, get saved, and will avoid the Antichrist. But uh, Exodus thirty five, one last time, Bezalel and uh, Ahishamach, or Holyab, son of Hishamak are uh, two unique men in a sense allow me to say this in a sense also picturing Peter and Paul Peter and Paul were uh, leaders in the early church along with James the Lord's half-brother and John and these sons of Zebedee but in type and I will stay in type uh, picturing the messiah verse 30 and picturing the anti-messiah verse 34 also be mindful of this that the antichrist will do miracles during the tribulation as will the false prophets but let's not go beyond that because that takes us into a whole different ballgame dealing with a counterfeit christ a counterfeit gospel a counterfeit plan of salvation and if we go down that path we'll spend another 45 minutes looking at that so we'll close it there and next week our lord wedding return to the book of exodus for the final five chapters looking at exodus chapter 36